everyone, and welcome to the Life with Goldie podcast, where we'll be interviewing Golden Hoodie recipients from around the world and exploring their unique journey in the trailblazer ecosystem. I'm your host, Mia Pacey, also a Golden Hoodie recipient, but today we are joined with Jessica McPherson. Thank you so much for joining us, Jessica. Hi, Mia. Thanks for having me. No problems. And obviously you are coming from blustery, cold Melbourne to us <laughs> here today in yes, Australia. I sure am. So you um, received your golden hoodie in 2020 yes. in the midst or at the beginning of COVID. So mm -hmm. it was a virtual presentation. Is that correct? It was. In fact, I think it might have been Heidi who received it on my behalf because she was at the world tour. Um, I had been planning to attend. It was 4th of March, 2020. So I was all set to go. And um, and just the day before, I um, I just you know, weighed the risks and the advice we were being given. And um, at the time I was the CEO at St Kilda Mum, so I was responsible for, a, you know, a large workforce. Yeah. Um, and I just felt that it was an unnecessary risk to go to a conference. And I thought, uh, no, it's a bit risky. I should stay home. And, of course, I had no idea I was going to be presented with a golden hoodie. I'm not sure yeah. if that would have changed my mind in the way that I felt at the time but uh yes I I let the team at Salesforce know that I, I wasn't going to be coming after all and um and you know I could I could hear the disappointment in their in their voice but they didn't let on right so it was still a huge surprise yeah no. yeah <laughs> we'll get to um exactly how it felt and everything mm. uh, soon but if you wouldn't mind just kind of bringing us back to the beginning like when did Salesforce come into your life when did Trailhead become a big part of it um yeah could you take us through that journey sure um it actually goes back a very very long way because I used to work in sales and marketing in the wine trade and I established Oyster Bay in Australia in 2002 and I wanted to have a really amazing uh, customer database and I heard about Salesforce like all the, all the way back there I heard about this, this cloud technology and I was really excited about it um, but my company didn't um, didn't share the enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm sure they're very happy Salesforce customers today. I even met with somebody who worked for Salesforce in 2002 or early 2003, uh, which is just incredible to think that there was somebody on the ground in Sydney back then, but there was. I remember him very yeah. clearly. Um, and, and I experienced five years of being a wine rep on the road, both in Auckland and in Sydney, driving around with my UBD, they call it in Sydney. They call it a Melway in Melbourne. I think you call it a Bris. Do you call it a Brisway? What do you call your map book? You know, the book uh, of maps. Where you <laughs> map book. <laughs> uh, no, you're, you're in Sydney though, aren't you? Yeah. You're in Sydney, yeah. yeah. So in Sydney, in Sydney yeah. it's, it's the UBD, right? Okay. And, and I would drive around from, from cafe to restaurant to liquor store and now that I know what field service lightning can do, I'm just like, yeah. oh, my God, that would have been so amazing to have had that way back then. Um, but, yeah, I, I had a, a customer call list, it was called, which was a landscape spreadsheet with the names <laughs> of my customers, their phone numbers. There wasn't even email back then, just address and phone number. Um, and it was really hard selling New Zealand wine in Australia in the early noughties. And my accent didn't help. So I would, 
I would call and say, oh, hello, can I please speak to Chris? Or Sorry, not Chris. <laughs> that's how you say it in Australia. In New Zealand, you'd say Cross. I'd say, can I speak to Cross or can I speak to Tom? Nobody could understand yeah. me. It was really hard work. Uh, I worked in a in a in a um, another Marlborough winery where I was selling wines worldwide, and I'd sort of crafted my own customer database and an Excel spreadsheet. But I knew there was so much better solutions out there. And it wasn't until I did a short term contract in 2011 where I had the opportunity to implement Salesforce for a software company, actually. And meanwhile, I'd um, started St Kilda Mums and had been growing that charity uh, with a team of volunteers for nearly five years before we got wow. the money to appoint our first staff member, which was me. And the first thing I did was get Salesforce. I'd been managing all of our donor, uh, well, all the donations, um, our supporters, our volunteers, the social workers that we interacted with. We'd been doing that all in Excel. And I'd also even been doing simple accounting using Excel and everything was tipping over. So the moment I was appointed CEO, the first thing I did was get Salesforce and Zero. And from then on in, um, it's been a, a huge learning journey. I really was very, very clueless and relied on <laughs> volunteers for a long time. And I learned pretty quickly that volunteers were very talented um, and that their short interaction of volunteering at St Kilda Mums, two or three months sometimes, some people it took two or three years, but a lot of people would only be volunteering for two or three months and they'd get the work experience that they needed to get their first job in Australia. And so I started to see this pattern of, well, actually, this volunteering thing, it's great for us, but it's also really good for the volunteer. Um, and that's Salesforce and, volunteering, like yes, in your yes, Salesforce specifically, environment. Yes, yeah. specifically what we called skilled volunteering. So we we realized pretty early on that it was a good idea to get somebody who was admin certified. So yeah. uh, we, we actually advertised on LinkedIn in 20, it must have been about 2013 or 14. It's free to advertise volunteer roles on LinkedIn. So we did one ad and that's it. It's been word of mouth since then. And there's just this Amazing. really vibrant migrant community that um, is very supportive of newcomers. And, and I probably would have maybe about 10 applications every week to join the volunteer program now that it's with Blazer Trail. So, yep. yeah, it's that's that's how that's Progression. A bit of a timeline of how it all evolved. Yeah. <laughs> and did you see that what um, I'm doing Trailhead made a big impact in you learning that platform yeah. from yeah. the get-go? Before, before Trailhead, um, I was really flying blind. Like I, I really struggled to find the documentation at the level that was right for me. Um, and the, the big aha moment for me was trailhead was um the the years are all rolling together but it was you know maybe a a couple of years after we started using salesforce for volunteer management and donation management i had that whole programs or service delivery side of the organization was still using google forms combination of google forms and excel to be fair yeah. Uh, for for managing the orders from social workers. So the way that St Kilda Mums works is is social workers, maternal child health nurses and other 
professionals that are supporting vulnerable families are able to order goods, um, prams, cots, high chairs, clothing, books, toys, all of that sort of stuff. And sometimes an order might have 20 items on it and it might be for half a dozen kids in a family. So we were collecting information on Google Forms about the demographics of the family and the causes of disadvantage and then the goods that they needed and the sizes. And it was really, um, it was very, very frustrating for our service managers because the system kept crashing on them, right? So I'd Uh-oh. I'd hear, oh, dang it, you know, from the office and I'd go in and find that Excel had just crashed on them again. And, and uh-huh. I knew that, I knew that Salesforce could do it, but I didn't know how. And I started, I tried to talk to some partners about helping me build it. And of course, the first question the partners asks, uh, ask is, well, what's your budget? And I didn't have a budget because what I needed was I needed a quote yeah. from a partner so I could go and get a grant so I could put a business case together for the board so I could get approval to go ahead with a project, right? That this is every charity is in the same position, yep. right? There's never a budget. You've just got to, you've got to make a business case for how that precious donor money should be spent this way or you need to you need to apply for a grant. So I spoke to oh maybe three or four partners back then. I think this must have been in about 2015. And um and I just found it I found it really hard because I didn't even have the language just to to, to converse with partners. And then I discovered Trailhead. And one weekend I sat down and I had it started having a play and I discovered this thing called cases and I did a trailhead on cases. And then I'm like, this sounds perfect. Like this sounds exactly what we need. I can customize this case object and this can be the form that the social workers can use to order. Anyway, I had a, I had a proof of concept by the end of the weekend, which I took yeah. into the team and showed them on Monday morning. And they're like, oh, wow, that's really amazing. Oh, it's really cool how the case can find the contact in Salesforce based on the email ID. Oh, that's very cool. Anyway, um, we built it ourselves. So I didn't need to get a grant or get a quote from a partner to get the grant, to get a business case so that because we just built it. And that is the magic of Trailhead. You know, without that yeah. huge aha moment, I probably would never have become as excited as I am about, Salesforce, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't be owning this business today or doing doing what I'm doing today, which is yeah. still having a play. It's if amazing. I don't know how to do something, I just jump onto trailhead and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I guess it's that point of um, it's empowering for those not for profits because obviously I'm in the not for profit space as well. And it is you get it, it right? You, you totally get it. Like, like, where do I? What do I need? What you're right? What not terminology am I even asking for to even talk to yeah. these partners? But if you just jump online, there's a community group that can help you. There's a trailhead module that can tell you the terminology. Mm-hmm. It's that all round kind of circle of life that gives you the ability to empower that not for profit. It's yeah, yeah, you're right. It gave you so much joy to be able to put this into your not-for-profit and show the board that this is a viable product and we don't have to spend that much for just a cases. Well, I mean, it never really, it never even really needed to go up to the board, right? Because it was just operational. So, and there was no expenditure. So, so we just, we just swapped out sheets for cases and St Kilda Mum still uses cases today and they help over 20,000 children every year. So it's perfectly robust for, for for what's needed. And, um, and 
it wasn't really until I was able, well, it wasn't really until like the end of that financial year where I was able to spread out reports really easy and really quickly to measure impact. And the board's like, oh, how have you managed to generate all of these impact reports like on on July 3rd. So I'm like, well, yeah, no. <laughs> because of this. Like, let me just do that again. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let me show you this dashboard I built. Um, no, I'm actually, that's not true. I didn't get really good at reports and dashboards until a couple of years ago when I did the super badge. And there's still, yeah. I still feel like there's a lot to learn. And just when there you is. feel like you've got your reports and dashboards game down, then somebody says, yeah, but what about Tableau? <laughs> you know, <laughs> And then you realize, then you realize you just you're just playing around the edges of what's possible. But it's for 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 so many small charities, it's whatever it takes. And that that first, uh, you know, the the first time we started using cases, it wasn't fabulous, but it did what we needed it to do. It was the volunteers actually who built the the first racy integration that was four years ago. And that was really just amazing. That was a group of about six volunteers and they probably spent six weeks trying to make it work. I think the reason why it takes them so long is is they don't really deeply understand the business challenge that I do living Uh, it every day. So they kind of go away and they build and bring it back. And I go, yeah, but what about the thing? And then they go away and rebuild and they bring it back. And I say, no, but that thing. And then they go away and they bring, you know. (laughs) So um, uh, over the years, we've refined that um, that recipe that we have for bringing racy donations into Salesforce using Zapier, and we've published it. It's on my website, blazertrail.org. So if anybody wants to go and grab it, they can go and grab it. Obviously, it requires maintenance. Um, it's good for small charity, um, and there are apps on the App Exchange. Like we really like what the boys at Move Data are doing. So often we'll say for bigger charities, we'll say, "Well, you know, go and look at this solution." But if you're a tiny charity and you've got no budget and you can't afford a partner, there's actually a recipe on my website you can go and grab and maybe you too can find a skilled Salesforce volunteer who can build it for you. It's just a simple flow. Yeah. So, And I think yeah. those volunteers and you giving everyone those opportunities to be a volunteer and learn and understand how to learn those business use cases and then put them into practice, I think that's where yeah. I guess the golden hoodie gives that's where you got noticed that's what you're giving back to the organizations that's what you were doing for the trailblazer community was enabling those volunteer um i guess opportunities would you agree with that one yeah it's just work experience there's there's this absolute bottleneck in the salesforce world which is it's free to learn on trailhead so anybody can get in and learn so learn 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 get certified right and then there's this this tiny you know, bottleneck that everyone has to pass through, which is you need two years work experience before anyone will give you a job. And and yeah. nobody's doing anything to fix that bottleneck. Like nobody, right? You know, businesses you don't have internships. <laughs> oh, sorry, I am. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. <laughs> businesses don't have internships. You know, when you, when you talk to other consultants, they say, well, we can't really afford to have anyone on the books who's not billable because we don't have – you know, we don't have people to sit by them and train them and support them. We need to have, we need to be able to employ people who can hit the round running and be billable straight away. Um, a, a really good place to get your first job in the Salesforce ecosystem is actually in the nonprofit sector. And this is why I have really deliberately focused Blaze Your Trail as a consultancy service to, to work in nonprofits and particularly small organizations because it's the small organizations that are going to offer you a role as a Salesforce admin on three days a week. 
at that, yeah. and they're going to be happy that you know they they don't have the budget to compete for the best and the brightest they they're happy to give somebody a shot in their first role and yeah. it's a supportive learning environment it's not when you work in our sector it's not competitive it's not the motivation is not profit the motivation is 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 social good and therefore it's yeah. a very gentle soft place for people to learn and i've had lots of i've had lots of salesforce admins work with me it's in Kilda Mums over the years. Well, three, actually, three. Um, but more have gone on to be employed since I left. And they're on their journey. They're, they're getting a couple of years of admin under their belt before they then, and, and meanwhile, working on their developer certs. And then yeah. our, our first um, our first paid Salesforce administrator at St Kilda Mums is now a developer at Capgemini. For example, amazing. The second one went yeah. to work for Banjo Loans, which is a, a customer of Salesforce, a, a financial services company. Uh, the third one, oh, where did she end up? I think she might be at. Oh, I forget which she is now. I'd have to look it up in my in my notes. A lot of the a lot of the people that I support into their into their first role are now on their second and their third and. A couple are on yeah, the path to CTA, which is really exciting, wow. including one lady. Yes, which I'm very, yes. very excited about. Women in tech. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. And so when you see, I mean, I said on LinkedIn, when I see people that might have volunteered with me six years ago who are now seen in senior roles in their organisations, you know that they've had an amazing career. And I think back to some of the real sacrifices that people have made to get into the Salesforce ecosystem. I had people who would, you know, pre-COVID, I would have people who would commute two hours at the beginning and the end of every day just to come to St Kilda Mums to sit in an office with me to gather requirements and to collaborate with others. And it was the only work experience, local work experience that they had. And meanwhile, they would perhaps have a part-time job stacking shelves in a supermarket or working in childcare or aged care, or they wouldn't be working at all. And I recently posted about this on LinkedIn about the unfairness of the, the, the whole, you know, we're talking about barriers to entry, right? How unfair it is that it's so hard to get work experience and yet every role requires work experience. But I also spoke about the unfairness of the price of certs to 20 US dollars worldwide, because I've got people who study with me, at Blazer Trail who live all over the world and in some countries 220 US dollars US like dollars. in Vietnam yeah. in Vietnam that's two months minimum wage so yeah wow yeah it's that's we've got to think disparity. about we've got to think about how, what do we do to welcome people who wouldn't traditionally I mean if we just look in Australia right because we're here in Australia so let's talk about what we can influence yeah. in Australia there are um, a large number of trailing spouses who uh, have never worked in Australia before, might have lived here for 10 years, but have never worked here before. And they're a massive untapped resource. And that's who I really focus on with Blaze Your Trail is, is supporting them to have the kind of learning experiences they need so that they can go into an interview confidently and talk about things they can do that broken things they fixed, innovations they came up with, solutions they came up with, and that's the fun stuff. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I know I've interviewed a couple of Blazer Trail um, 
volunteers and they're amazing Have you? and they're just like yeah and they're just exactly what you're expecting and it's for someone to be um in an interview and very capable so you've done a well, good job so far in the ecosystem i think that's why you Thanks. were rewarded but Thanks, so Dan. let's go back to that golden hoodie presentation i oh, know yeah. it was virtual but I do hear that Pip came over and had a bit of an in-person meeting just to kind of make up for it. Yeah, she <laughs> but did. What was she that came kind to of, Melbourne. She came what to was Melbourne that kind of shock, she... though? Was it like uh, getting the, moment... the golden hoodie? Yeah, like when yeah. were you watching it? I'm such a nuff-nung, though, right, because, like, I had been at the World Tour the year before, 2019, sitting in the audience, and I saw the video roll. So I'd, I'd, I'd seen that formula right yeah and I've also been to Dreamforce and I've seen it at Dreamforce and I've watched world tours I didn't see I didn't see Beck get it or Mark get it but I knew that that's what happened right and then I also knew that they'd done a video about St Kilda mums they'd filmed a video back in January so I really should have put everything together but I didn't (laughs) and so I couldn't have been more shocked when it happened which was Silly. Like I should have thought, I don't know why. I don't know what was going on. Anyway, probably the global pandemic was about to kick off. So then um, to make up for it, as soon as it possibly could, which I think might have been, oh, it might have been November, right, because we could, because we were locked down in Melbourne forever. Mm. Pip came and presented the golden hoodie to me in person, and that was lovely, and we had a coffee, and in some ways, I'm pretty awestruck by her because she's an amazing woman leader in technology. And at the other, at the other, on the, you know, and I'm, I'm so in awe of all of her achievements, right? And I think she's amazing. Yeah, amazing. But on the flip side, um, uh, we're the same age. <laughs> we, we grew up 40 minutes away from each other. Um, she wow. comes from, you know, like we have, we have such a similar background that, that I just relate to her so easily. We both have teenage kids, you know, like this, we have so much in common. I, I, I find myself relating to her very strongly. And I really believe that she has done a lot to, to really live the values of, of Salesforce around equality and inclusion and diversity. And one of the first things she did is she important, she appointed a whole lot of women into really senior roles in her organization. I mean, I think she's somebody who lives and breathes the values and I, and I, admire that about her greatly and I think that feeling welcome in the Salesforce community is something that's just impossible to fake and I I mentioned Dreamforce before I was lucky enough to go to Dreamforce in 2017 and I was so well looked after by the team from Asia Pacific specifically there were a few people from Melbourne they weren't the account executives that were responsible for my account but they were people who I'd met who'd come to do volunteering at St Kilda Mums as a team. And yeah. um, they just made sure that I was never alone. But they knew I'd gone yeah. up there under my own steam, but they made yeah. sure that I was included. So when I went to the concert that night, I had the um, the Hawaiian flowers with the LED lights in them. You know, I had to lay <laughs> like everybody else. I got to hang out with the APAC people, meet all the APAC people. I felt there's the bigger sense of the Ohana, but then there's the sense of well, we're really special because we're from APAC. Yeah. But the one thing that I really loved about COVID was realizing that I could participate in any user group I wanted to yeah. in the world. But I started yeah. coming to a few of the Brisbane groups and the women tech and, and meeting people and realizing 
it doesn't matter whether you work for a charity in the UK, the States or Australia or New Zealand, the Salesforce MPSP is the same the world over. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have the same kind of goals yeah. in place, like the same kind of values. Um, no, I yes. agree. I, I, I say it often. I went to Hawaii during COVID in virtual user group form. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. And then I went to DC and I tuned into a women in tech group in DC. I was like, this has just made it so much easier to connect with other user groups around the world. Um, it has. And that was amazing. And that's where you get real diversity of thought and real diversity of opinion. Uh, because yeah. there's there's um, there's something really you know a, a problem shared is a problem halved. You know if you're yes. if you're struggling with something, you just have to talk to somebody who's who's interested in the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you here so, to vent or are you here for the question? That's that's always yes. a good one to ask. <laughs> yes, yes. Do you want me to just listen or come up with a solution for you? Yeah, exactly. And it's so welcoming. It's that full circle of giving back. And then once you give back, you've ultimately grown someone else's skill level so that maybe it will come back to you in a, in a later life or maybe yeah. you can call on them later on because they've, they've become a dev now and you can now go, oh, I've got this dev question. But it's because you, mm. I guess, gave it forward at that point that you're there and now able to come back and give it back to you. So it is that full circle of life. I really love that about the ecosystem and the diversity and the welcome and yes. just mostly everything. But <laughs> um, I, I guess, we, yeah, we talked about giving back to the community a lot. On the flip side, was there anything mm -hmm. about the community when you first started that really that you gained? So like, was there someone out there that you saw and you're like, I love that blog post or was there someone that inspired yeah. you when you first started? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a couple of really special people. Well, there's, there's the, the people I really admire locally in Melbourne are the people that lead the user groups, right? So, so the admin user group led by um, Jody and Andrew. There's the nonprofit user group led by Wayan and Nicole. And I've been, I've been dipping in and out of those user groups over, over the last few years. And, and, I think it's just extraordinary what user group co-leads do. They put on, they put something on every six weeks. Pre-COVID, they used to have to worry about organising a venue. Now they're now they're worried about meeting people where they are. So in some of these user groups, they're trying to do a, a hybrid. They're trying to have you know yeah. some welcome some people in and some people from home, and and that's really challenging. That that's got its own challenges. Um, and these are these are people who are really generous in the community, and I admire very much. I also um, got to do Pep Up Tech Nonprofit Accelerator. In Amazing May April May twenty twenty, um, and so obviously Selena Suarez. If you haven't met her or heard about her, who's behind Pep Up Tech, she's an absolute powerhouse, and the and Melissa Hill Dees, and there's there's some really yeah. generous people in the US um, community. Are, yeah. The user groups are a great way to connect with other um, people that are at the same kind of level of the journey that you're in as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then when I was presented with a golden hoodie, I had every other golden hoodie winner in the world, it seemed, reach out to me and say, <laughs> hey, welcome, yeah. uh, which is pretty neat. So we talked about how you got the golden hoodie. When we have it, though, do you think anything has changed for you professionally or personally? Has it given you anything extra? Yes, Mia. I never would have started Blaze Your Trail without the Golden Hoodie. Because Yay. 
Blaze Your Trail is a social enterprise that supports people who are excluded from the Southwest ecosystem through work ex- practical work experience and provides yeah. really specialist advice to small charities. I think I would have, I, I, I possibly might have done it in the future, but it would have been delayed. I wouldn't have been so ready and so keen to seize the moment. Yeah. I started this business in April 2021 in the middle of a pandemic and a lot of people would say you're crazy you're walking away from a a job that you've been in for seven and a half years an organization that you founded 12 years ago and you just you're walking away and you're leaving that all behind to start something new in a very very risky you know mid-pandemic moment yeah but I had the confidence because I'd been I'd been helping people for seven and a half years I've been I'd I'd seen the results I'd seen the proof and I was confident that it could work so yeah the the, I never would have done it without the golden hoodie that's amazing and I love that Mm. you saw the need in the ecosystem to break down these entry requirements of those two years of experience absolutely Um, and you also saw a need in the social aspect of people that are um, less economically stable or yeah. don't have that experience and the ability to go out and take those risks on, our, on their own. Yes. Um, so I love that you thought that, that that's the need. That's what you're going to go after. And I guess the Golden Hoodie is yeah. just kind of giving you that the backing, I guess, like that you were doing the right thing. And yeah. so let's continue doing that. <laughs> the Salesforce business in Australia grew by 40% last year and it's forecasted to grow by 30% this year. And the only way that it can grow is if there's more people doing the work. And the only way you get more people doing the work is if you're bringing more people in from outside. And the only way you get more people in from outside is is to support people who have never worked in technology before, technology roles. What I think is really amazing about the trailblazers that come through our program is that they do have lived experience working in different jobs in the past and so they understand business processes and they are also incredibly well educated like most people have at least a bachelor's degree about 45 percent of them have got master's degrees in computer engineering so they find learning salesforce quite easy but what they find the challenge for them is just the work experience piece that's all it takes yeah no that's amazing and i think it's just a message for everyone out there listening as well is to give people that chance give those entry-level roles a true entry-level role um don't ask for those experience get the people that are interested to learn and especially if they don't have experience you've got an advantage there they're going to now want to be interested in learning your business they're not going to come with preconceived ways of doing something they're going to be able to mold to what you are looking for so i think that's really Good message. And the other thing I firmly believe in is quotas. So if you lack diversity in your organization, particularly in technology roles and particularly in technology leadership positions, you need to start introducing quotas now, right now at entry level. So you, there's the Talent Alliance, which is the pledge um, that some uh, employers will take for 20% net new roles, but you actually need quotas and you need to aggressively go out and hire women of colour who are the most underrepresented in leadership roles in technology and you have to just be relentless about it and not apologetic, right? You just have to try harder to yeah, find exactly. them. And if you're having Don't trouble find finding them, come yeah. find me. <laughs> 
and yeah. I'll introduce you. <laughs> Blaze your trail. <laughs> um, so we're getting kind of to the wrapping up stage of the podcast. Um, yes. I do have a fun fact, fun fact, fun question. I said fun fact last time. Fun question for everyone, um, which is if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? So you did give me the heads up about this question and I thought about it a lot. Right, because oh, good. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> of course, the first animal that came to mind. I, thought, I can't possibly say that. That's so boring. Um, and I thought about it a lot, and I'm going to stick with my first instinct, yep. which is mm-hmm. a cat, because amazing. I have a cat, and I love him to bits. And um, he has a really beautiful life, and he um, he's just one of those. I mean, I, I've had cats all my life and he's just a really 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 special one and he gets a lot of love and care and attention and really is part of the family like he'll sit with us at meal time um when the kids have their breakfast in the morning at the breakfast bar he's got his own stool and he sits there Aww. and it's almost like he's talking to us he's That's very cute. cool so i think i would like to be him I do like the idea of finding a nice sunny spot somewhere and just like stretching out and sleeping for the rest of the day. I emphasize like that's where I'd want to be too. Yes. Yes. Um, Excellent. No, I love it. I love it. I love hearing everyone's little tidbits about what animal they'd like to be. It's great. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so lastly, open mic. So if you wanted to promote anything, obviously we've talked about your consulting firm a bit if you wanted to talk about that or anything else you're working on at the moment that you wanted to just give some airtime to this is an open mic section for you just go over to you oh well i think i would just go back i mean uh, um i haven't i haven't seen your um customer personas for who you imagine your listeners are but i'm going to guess that people who are interested in learning more about salesforce in the community and i'd just like to remind everybody that um one you will get back much more than you put in. Uh, two, uh, you learn by teaching. So if, you, if you're not already mentoring somebody else, uh, start mentoring somebody else. You don't always have to be the mentee. You can, you can help somebody else. Or you can have, instead of a mentee-mentor relationship, you can have a study buddy to help you um, uh, stick to your goals, right? If you decide that you're going to sit a, sit a certification or try and complete a super badge on Trailhead or something like that, hold yourself accountable and share the goal with somebody else. Um, yeah, I think the, the the community is is so generous and so uh, so dynamic. There's always something to learn. There's always great content being shared. If you find a shortcut, if you find a solution then share it with others. And I've published, there's a lot of how-to guides on the Blaze Your Trail website. I don't know. Maybe maybe the solutions I've put up there are, are pretty pedestrian and not very good. Maybe somebody will one day send me an email and say, I think I can improve your code. But in the meantime, if you want to yeah, standardize your mobile phone number formatting, for example, there's a recipe for how to do that. So that's that's me living my value of share more, and I encourage other people to do that as well. Besides, sharing the solutions you come up with, putting a little YouTube video together and sharing it on LinkedIn is a great way to increase your own personal profile and get attention. And the world needs people who do more for each other. Um, so, so that would be my final bit of advice is share more. 
That's amazing. No, I love it. And I, I agree with the whole, just record a snippet or write a blog about something that you've solutioned. Even if someone sees it, if you help that one person, that's amazing. But I've actually found that sometimes I even go back to the video I recorded because I've forgotten how to do it. (laughs) Because there's that much to learn about Salesforce. I'm like, oh, great idea, Mia. You recorded this two years ago. Let's go and watch it. (laughs) My only um, snippet of advice, if you're recording YouTube videos about how to do things in Salesforce, also share the version of Salesforce you're using at that time. So people understand that it's like spring 22 that is the org that you're recording in. It's my only snippet of advice. Good tip, Mia. (laughs) But thank you for joining us, Jessica. It's been a lot of fun. We've dived into a lot of advice and great things that everyone give back. Um, But thank you for joining us. I hope you had fun and it's been been awesome. Hope you had a good day after this. Thank you, Mia. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thanks again. Ciao. Thank you.